right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Point of Inspiration, where DMs get together, have a nice little group chat, and have some fun here. Um, tonight we have a special guest with us, Ico. Uh, welcome. We appreciate you coming and joining us. You are welcome anytime. Um, being a DM for, we'll say, a long time and not the specific. Being a seed in a garden and just kind of letting it do its thing. Yes, it's it's so so amazing, and like I, 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 I I'm sorry, real quick. I want to save most of this for like in okay the okay episode, but well, um, I heard we have audio now. I heard oh, I heard we, we have audio. Oh cool. Well then I'll shut up. Can you guys hear me? Hello. Oh, we can hear. We can hear Ethan too. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm here. No. Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. Is Ethan heard as well? All right, we're all good. We're all good. Gosh. Yeah. Sixty cents. I blame it on Windows 11. I would too. Yep. Yep. I didn't have these issues before. And I was like, how many I mean, part of me wishes I could lay, lay blame at the feet of Tom Howard, but <laughs> that's just sort of a knee-jerk reaction for me. Do you do you have a, a crisp audio or your crisp uh, background on the uh, Evan? Just in like gear, I can't un I can't stop her. Like, she's the only thing that comes through. <laughs> it's like car crashes and like saws in the background i can't stop her i i have a i have a funny story about that uh that i that i can tell later but it's wild it is a wild wild story i can't wait yeah all right where were we Ico, mastermind creator of galabad right, well hold uh, on. Give, uh, give the people the do give the people their due um uh, it was wonderful the way you did it before i really enjoyed it yeah i don't even remember like, the, again from the, the top flawlessly yes <laughs> <clears throat> um so you started this world um i think i was saying that uh i've only seen like a minor touch of it before going to uh, Yen Su through Evan's um, little game, but uh, I am definitely excited in the future to explore Galbad at some point, um, a little bit more in depth. But I was also saying that um, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but um, you know, New Mestria joining this world and um, you know, being combined with Morta and just like being a part of this whole thing <clears throat> has been really awesome for me. Um, and just wanted to say thanks. And um, I am excited to hear all about, um, you know, how this came about um, when, whenever you decided to create this place, um, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you first think about starting this world of yours? So here's can the I thing. Ask one, can I ask yeah. one, uh, one question before you? <clears throat> hey, uh, Ico, 
Uh, we know a lot about you, mm-hmm. but maybe other than your name, that's all anybody else knows about you. Maybe. Yeah. I'll, I'll introduce <laughs> myself a bit and then. Yeah. 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 If you don't mind. I, 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 in. Perfect. I'd like yeah. to know too, you know, you're busy, um, you're, you're a busy person. So. Um, so, uh, hi everybody. Um, yeah, my name is Iko. I've been uh, running D and D for playing D and D, um, for years and years and, running D&D as a DM for that amount of time less like three two or three years if that um got that I was it was one day for me and I've been running I've been playing as long as you (laughs) that's rough I mad respect um yeah I'm I'm uh lifelong friends with uh a a couple of our um uh the, the regulars here um Played D and D with them, uh, among other things, um, back in high school. Um, lived with one of them for a while. Almost saw him commit suicide via um, double um, double monster cans. Uh, the old BFGs <laughs> that, that made the fucking when you open them. Dude, um, like Edward Monster hands, like mm-hmm. in the forties. It was they tape monster. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyways, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names. Um, the uh. So anyways, uh, the, the world, uh, Morda. I, so I actually can't take full credit like to, on, on making it, it to start at the beginning. Years and years ago, um, I was, I'm wanting to say maybe 11, 10, 11 or 12, somewhere in there. And I remember my first introduction to D&D was one of my friends telling me about the concept of the game. Because like third edition was like just coming out then, or more or less. And it sounded really interesting and like so different from like what I conceptualized as a game, and so like freeform and open and exciting to me that I was like, okay, I can't be understanding this right. I need to look more into it. Yeah, because if you you know if you have your character and your cloud and you and you just can't walk past certain walls, that's just that you can't go down the beach because there's a wall there. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You can't you... open every door. Exactly, exactly. Or like, no, the 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 the, the rules must say, well, like, here's the, the here's the orientations that monsters always attack in these groups, and you'll run into them in these rooms of this dungeon. And here's the, because like, I played like the closest thing I can think of to conceptualize to it is like Hero Quest, I think is the name of it. Um, yeah, copy of it here somewhere. Um, it, but anyways, so uh, wind up playing it, and we um. Our first few sessions were a weird amalgam because we had the player's handbook for third edition, uh, me and my my friend's group, who at the time uh, was um, a handful of people with whom I I really don't hang out with many of them anymore, Mm -hmm. which is a shame because most of them were pretty cool. Um, But anyways, uh, one of them, we'll call him Drac, for they're just, I don't know, I don't like doxing people. Um, He was the DM for the longest time. Um, he, uh, uh, his dad had the books from AD&D, second edition, for, like, mm-hmm. the Monster Manual, Dame Guide, all that. So, our first few sessions were Drac running this weird amalgam 2.75 mm-hmm. that we glamoured together in the same setting that was handed me down from his father, which was a full-blown Norse setting. So you were playing in, so the very first game that you were introduced to was the rules were 
fit for the group from like a new set of from the new guard and the old guard and you were you were a child and you were and and the father somebody who'd been playing this game since and 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 if i could just thank all of those nerds for suffering through to where now you can have like a, a d20 tattoo on your face and people are like that's cool like wow i want to know you or you know that thank you so much for your sacrifice but the this world that he created and you were in a, a like introduced into the way D D is supposed to be is like these big worlds with and all of the things that the players have done leading up to this point and the rules are supposed to fit that and that's that's cool in telling for what we see now it really is especially the point and and there were definitely shades of a lot of that because we had this the sort of the hand-me-down stories of like half remembered oh well i've heard about xyz but there was always that sort of like well was it or wasn't it mystery mm -hmm. we ran several sessions like that couldn't tell you exactly how long eventually we got the rest of the books for third edition and we decided okay north setting we need to start over ragnarok so we pretty much that's pretty much where i i the, the the old setting pretty much fully ended we worked together remapped out the world re divvied up the cosmic powers over a very nerdy summer um and this, was, this was your and this was this was like this group or this was your the first group sort of well by this point the group had grown um mm -hmm. it was um a few of the og members were no longer there um, and a few more members had joined. Um, Soro, um, uh, Soro Morrow, if I don't know that, maybe, you know, um, whatever, uh, was in at that time. Um, I know that um, Etma was in at that time, or roundabouts that time. Um, uh, another friend of ours, Trellos, um, was in around then. And uh, I, it was just silly. Because we were playing around with the, the deities and demigods handbook and like, oh, it was... And, and, and I mean, really, well, it's, and, it's, and you guys were still kids at that point too. It, we, we were, we were like in our teens by that point. Yeah, um, it, properly, it's, but... that's one thing that I've seen at, through the stories that I know is what is basically getting to watch this group of people mature through the way the stories are being told and 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 the complexity of them and the storylines that are being followed. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like a, a sixteen-year-old. Uh, boy wrote was like really excited about this story and then as you get farther and farther you can see you know just the thing just the natural progression of like how people mature and the, what they go through and that's told through the various parts of the world it is, it is like how we used to be able to learn the kamehameha wave at turtle island and... so there's so much of the setting that is just straight up ripped off from akira toriyama i feel like i should we should be paying royalties um I to this day one of the plot threads that I I I use wholesale. So my 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 number one power as a DM is to file serial numbers off of something until you can't recognize it at a glance. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to rip off whole cloth the uh, Demon King Piccolo arc of Dragon Ball and throw it into my games and be like, "There's your levels five to ten. Um, well, there's but it, what's cool about that is, and that's a great tip for anybody who's wanting to to run a story that feels, um familiar front to back that like without even you don't have to explain to the players why it's impactful 
and there's because uh, you know a little nerdy storytelling there's only seven types of stories right and then within those seven types of stories most of them seriously fit a single archetype which is the hero's journey and as and if you just hit those beats which the demon king piccolo does then it's all of a sudden the players are like wow what a good story that they were a part of and but all you're doing is like writing now okay now they meet the mentor now who's it gonna be i'm not i don't know i'm gonna wait till they talk to somebody for a while that'll be the mentor and they chose the mentor and it's it's a um it, it, that is a really really telling <laughs> thing you know like it's so it's so good to to it's cliche for a reason is what yeah. is guess what i'm getting at. it's cliche for a reason because it's good yeah no i 100 percent, and it's it's because people are going to recognize certain aspects, no matter what, you, even if you don't intend to. Even if you're like, "Oh, I thought I, 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 I thought of this whole cloth." People are gonna be like, "Hey, did you get this from such and such media you've never heard from?" I'm like, "What? Who? What? And no? then you go back, and it's like point it's, for point. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing new out there. Um, but there is because no one has ever done what you are thinking of doing before. If and, you are the one thinking of doing it, and the and in the moment of all of the people connected together too that'll never in, happen again indeed because that can also serve to recontextualize things in a way the dm wasn't expecting as the players react to things in ways that you were like i didn't think of that but holy f yes they abs people would a hundred percent react this way or like shit that is an absolutely logical thing that kind of has to exist for this whole yeah. you know thing i've been and that's why we're telling a story together instead of writing, just like writing a novel alone in a room, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's where the trope comes in of like, oh, I have planned, you know, so much in detail. And then the group is like, well, I'm going to go this way. <clears throat> it's not always, you know, they wind up at a forest path. They're like, oh, well, let's go this way. It's this way. It sometimes is like, well, of course they're going to do X, Y, Z because that's what you're going to do when you get here. But then they get to that choice and they're like, hey, super clever thing you never would have thought of. And now mm -hmm. the whole part is going this way with it. And suddenly they're buddy buddy with the dude you thought was going to be the main enemy, and it turns out, oh wait, he's actually kind of cool and an antihero, and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, whatever. Like you decide to throw on it in the moment, and it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah. No. It's it, yeah. It's so great. Mm -hmm. And the play <laughs> players are the freaking best part of the game, honestly. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of what what's, you, you said, like, I can't take full credit for the world. And because if you if you look up what a story is, it's stories are viewed through the dialogue. Actions and descriptions of the characters. Not through the narrator, who, but if, if there is a narrator, they are a character, you know, it's it's done through the dialogue, actions and descriptions of the characters in the story they're telling it you're just like you're just kind of sitting there waiting to like you know flip the page for him and be like okay like and like what, what are those rorschach tests it's like and now what do you see <laughs> exactly <laughs> now what do you see tell me what you see now exactly because in, in my head the the ideal dnd uh, dm rather is basically like almost um <clears throat> again the, the platonic ideal, full VR, whatever, is almost like a storybook thing where like the page turns and like as a otherwise gray scene is slowly filled in, you know, they, they describe the, the verdant trees and the breeze and this and that, and you know, maybe the little words there, storybook style fill in, and then dot, dot, dot. 
And then it's the sort of, you know, the what do you do is where the characters, like, enter frame. Mm -hmm. And then it is, you know, like, yes, the, uh, the DM may have said a lot of stuff. It may be a very detailed painting there and now. I feel like it, if it's me and you, it is. Uh, very, <laughs> we have said a lot of stuff leading up to that point. And I've, I've played with DMs who run it both ways. I've, I've played with DMs who honestly go on a little longer than I think I do sometimes. Which is impressive. Also impressive that I'm sitting there like the whole time, right? Yeah, like captivated. Um, and then I've gone with other DMs who like I'm left to <coughs> parse what I can from the maps that I'm lucky if they use. <laughs> um, so and then I'm I like those are the DMs where if 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 you know I'm stopping and be like okay so where am I in really okay so over there so this is a wall oh, that's a yeah. door well, that's a that, hot tub. It, what and that's another thing that you do is like you just you know whenever. You know, if you're confused as a player, you just say, um, could you please describe a little bit more of what I see? Exactly. You, you know, exactly. I, you know, I, Looking around, what's... what's? I would like... Well, literally, I would like to look around right. for this this exactly. particular thing. And if, if you have a DM who doesn't hasn't explained a lot, it's probably because they don't have it visualized in their head. Or they... It's like looking at a blank piece of paper with a pencil and being like, just draw draw something beautiful. But if you say draw a beautiful person, it's like, oh, I can do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 another good trait uh, uh, <clears throat> to pick up. That's that's actually something I've I've um, noted about DMs I've not enjoyed playing with versus that I have enjoyed playing with. Sort of expanding on that a bit is, <clears throat> to me, I assume when a play, when, I, when a character walks into a scene. They are, they didn't just appear in that scene. They they came at it from a distance. They've seen it from afar. They're now seeing it from here. They they have, no matter where I'm beginning to describe it from, they have already some context to begin to fill in. And a lot of DMs, I, I think, um, think a lot of things are metagaming, but bad that aren't. Even things such as giving the players the context that their characters would have. Like, and I even go beyond that to giving the players context as audience members to the story that their characters wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And and do as you will, you know, like some people can't separate that and that's okay. Right. I'm not going to fault you for it. Some people like to really like be like, no, my character is, you know, would never know that. And I want to operate from there. But if that's you, it, it, it's like it, those JRPGs where they never explain the story because there's no way that and and you're just confused the whole time not mm -hmm. fun not a fun game <laughs> yeah yeah it, it can be it, it but for some people it is some people it isn't and mm -hmm. and absolutely and, and striking that balance the, the dm is always fun to go after but yeah um you definitely you definitely want to give the players enough to even if they don't get the whole like complete you know every last detail of what is, is going on at least enough to be like okay these are at least some points i can conceive well, of it... oh. oh did i just cut out camera dispute yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um so uh, uh at least they can make uh impactful decisions that's the whole point and the whole goal is that you you want to give them enough that they can make a decision that they feel like 
they are making an impactful decision. And if you, you know, like you get, they got to have that, like they know what's going to, what's going to happen or why they're doing something. Right. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And that's kind of my, my sort of number one rule internally is it doesn't matter what they wind up doing, but that the universe reacts to what they are doing and, and what they have done. Like that's, Pretty much the only law of reality is the law of causality. Fucking effect after cause. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I, think as long I, I think I've pulled you off a little bit. Uh, I, I we, wasn't we, going anywhere uh, particularly important. Yeah, what's the character's right? name? Namera Vengeon. Anybody familiar? No, no, no. Who's this character? It's the, the Frenchman from The Matrix. He's the one that talks about causality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Sorry, I'm, I'm a Matrix nerd. But I that's all you should be. Yeah. Good check it, check it out. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. 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 <clears throat> um, um I guess for new DMs and myself, uh, do you have any tips as far as uh like working on painting a good picture for your players um to have those moments? Hmm. A big question. Um, Sorry. And no, <laughs> no, no. Don't your be. go. Your go-to trick at so, a new table. Yes. Yes. Um, so a, a go-to trick or for a new scene or in general is is uh, to you definitely want to use a, a satisfactory amount of visual language. What is being seen, but other senses are huge and can set. So much more of a feel, feel, than just visuals alone, which I feel are, in my experience, about eighty-nine percent of what DMs describe are what your character sees, with the other ten percent being what they hear, and then that vanishing one percent for the remaining senses. Um, and it's so having run, um. I'm actually going to step away from all the homebrew stuff because one of the very few modules I've ever run, and it was only recently that I started doing it, is Curse of Strahd. And okay. that module feels a very certain way throughout it. It's very bleak and very, you know, under the oppressive weight. And there's a lot of, of snippets that the, the author of the module, who is a freaking amazing author, um, look them up, um, the uh that use plenty of visual language but also lots of uh language describing like temperatures the field the cold the you know, hills um and you know smells and stuff of, of rot and death and these can be signifiers of like you know you can you know if you got like a certain type of enemies you know running into an undead filled place you know you don't have to like spill it out per se but you know just catching the, the whiff of rot on the air is enough to set you know most players into that mindset and those that it doesn't it eventually will i uh i so i've i've been exploring this as well uh that's something that i have been straying away from a little bit and as i'm exploring something new so i i, I kind of just hearing you say that it makes me realize that i used to be very very descriptive 
right? Verbally descriptive of the scenes I would put my my players in, and um, and it was a uh, it was one of, it was one of the you know as you ask your players like hey you know how'd you guys like it blah blah that was one of that was always one of the in the top five of like uh, that I would always get is the responses hey you were you know it's very descriptive you're very descriptive I was like thank you and uh, I found out that uh, my wife who plays with me has what's aphantasia so she can't she has no imagination like she has no like she can't picture images in her head right and so i all of a sudden realized that just theater of the mind was not going to cut it and then i also realized that everybody's on a spectrum of where describing the you know like the the smell of rot um i wouldn't just say rot i would be you know i would you know be a little bit more pedantic and nitpicky about it to you know to allude because i'm alluring to it and i realized that the people who haven't put those things together maybe never smelled anything rotting would you know they haven't it's an experience that they've never had so i started to uh i've been creating uh things that are tangible that they can experience you know like imagery and and audio and uh and which is something i'd never done before and um just hearing the way that your go-to as these descriptive cues is like thank you for reminding me because it is just as important as being able to show them that picture or play that sound of the dragon roaring or exactly and, and conversely being able to describe without playing the sound of the dragon's roar mm-hmm. is an equally powerful skill to have and something that absolutely yes is a, a very potent tool in the arsenal well, because it's a, it's different in everybody's head too, which is kind of cool. So, like you describe it, and maybe like I described it the way that I hear it in my head, and I'm not as descriptive as you are. And then just or in my head, like Im- the imagery or the audio in my head's less than your imagination. So when I describe it to you, you're like, like literally, like I had a player. I described something to a player one time, and they were like, "Guys, we have to fucking leave right now." Absolutely. No, no, no. He do, you don't understand. We have. He was terrified of this room I described and would not go in it. Everybody else was like, dude, it's fine. Let's go, man. He's like, no, this place is going to kill us. I know it. And so that made me realize the, you know, the differences too, you know, like people's, like what they're, what they're experiencing from it. Yeah. I yeah, have like the opposite problem. What do you mean? I, I just like feel like I can picture in my head like this perfect way i want to describe something mm-hmm. and i just can't find the right words i guess or maybe enough to ever like describe it and i feel like that's why part of the reason why i invested in like the soundscape stuff too to help set a mood because like me alone i feel like i don't know i, I haven't ran too many games i've only ran two games so far but i just always feel like that's where i lack and so i have to make up for it and all these other aspects. A a uh, tip to what degree it can be useful for them um, is for it really kind of only works to, to help with specific scenes that you kind of have in mind prior is to full blown script it out like straight up have something there to reference when the time comes to actually you know use for it. Um, obviously, you can't really do that for most or really even many things but 
if there's something coming up where you think like, okay, well, this is important. I don't, you know, I don't want to misconstrue or whatever. Um, it's it's something that I found super super useful to myself. Is just yeah, spend however long. Little creative out. writing. Just Practice, a little creative yeah. writing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, because DMing's not a knowledge. It's a good idea. DMing's not a so. knowledge. There's you read there. There's a million books on how to run a million different games about how to play pretend with your friends, and all the rules are different. But what stays the same is that there is a narrator for the most part, and then and that describes the world. It's a practice, and uh, so you know, uh, keep keep at it, man. You know, and and practice. It's I tell you one of the things that I do. I'll pull up an image. And I'll describe, and I'll just look at that image, and I'll just start describing it to you before I show it to you, and let the the visual pop up in your head. Or if you know they're in the woods, like you guys, I'm like, and what would you guys like to do? And then flip my dang headset up, and I let you guys do your thing, and and I'm waiting for you guys to ask me something, and I'm on a Google image search, and I'm like, cool forest, it's old forest, old forest, cool, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool picture, and then I just, and when you guys ask, you know. Like, as you guys, like, settle down in the conversation, I'm like, what you see is a tree that stands out the most in this space, right? And because I just have this one tree that stands out to me. Um, there, you are surrounded by forests. It is dark, and but it's knotted and gnarled, and its, it's uh, roots almost nake out. Like, I, I do movements, too. If I'm, like, trying to describe the way they move, I'll just move my arms. They, they snake and crawl across the ground almost, and it, it, it's strange. It feels familiar like like a child wanting to climb something, like a, a sacred place that you would make your own, make a clubhouse out of. But it's it's a, bastardiz a bastardization of that. It's, it's, there's something wicked about it. It's unwelcoming. And so, and then I, you know, that's just, you just look at that picture. <clears throat> And just describe it, right? Um, it's gonna that tree's gonna sound different when I describe it as when you describe it, because you your authentic description of the way that Evan does it is what makes Evan's games awesome. That's what makes the that's what makes that space awesome. That's what makes that tree awesome with that group of people. It's because you're authentically, you know, describing in your words. Um, I think I was lucky enough to have a group that kind of went with the flow because uh, sort of going off of that, like if I go to my Google Docs right now, my campaign is like literally just like I could just print off my notes and you guys would be like, oh, yeah, I, I went through that game. Some of the things are a little bit different, but, you know, I have like scenes and characters and like what I imagine their voices would be like and, um, you know, what maybe some of the buildings look like in the villages that you go to or what some of the terrain or, you know, things that would stand out in the area that I want you guys to find or be able to find. Um, but yeah, I mean, just literally, I just write everything out. There's a trick there, though, <clears throat> I think. And I think I haven't seen your notes, and we haven't talked about this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to guess what you're going to say, but... Which uh, is? Yeah, it, it's, 
it's written out for me to be able to describe things, but it's also vague enough for it not to be like, hey, you have to go here. So it's you have a room that you want them to walk into. It's whatever door they open. It's that that's the door, right? <laughs> they open the door and that's the room you designed. It's not connect. It's not connected to this specific hallway, right? <laughs> that's that's another big trick. And, and and sometimes sometimes the uh, the key is knowing that the players know that they need to get to that room, but like honestly, giving the illusion of choice, you know, okay, the door doesn't lead to this room, it leads to this room to this room, which then leads to this room. Like, you're going to get there. Maybe, you know, you've added a few different things, you know, a few chances to grow along the way or get, you know, what you need. Or they're but... looking for something. Like, you're, you have one player like, mm -hmm. wait, there's just a wizard's place? Um, I would like to, uh, 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 I'm an alchemist. Oh, I want to find his alchemy lab. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, he didn't have an alchemy lab before this, but that's what you're interested in. And so, yeah, of course totally. there's an alchemy lab here for you. Thank you for creating that in this space. I was worried <laughs> yeah. about filling it out. I was rolling I was on tables and putting, like, sconces and shit everywhere. And, and <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what kind of wizard this guy was. Alchemist. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Hey, this this vaguely reminds me of well, one, of our, one of your most recent games, Ica. When we, uh, you know, beat up and murdered a bunch of people in a bar when we probably weren't ever even supposed to be there yeah yeah uh one of the one of the players um yeah well i mean you describe a uh a, 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 what amounts to a fantasy skinhead bar in, in enough detail oh. i guess the players well, it, want to burn it down look if you give so that's that's a cool thing i always tell my players especially new players i'm like listen you're going to be good people who want to adventure together and who are good people in this world. Um, and if you and if you want to play a character with a flaw, don't make it one of those flaws that are like contentious or discriminatory or anything like that. If anything in that world exists like that, I'll play that character so you can beat them up and you can defeat racism, right? like it's you meet you meet a group of cultists and you're like hey i wonder if they're bad and then they all they're all have nazi tattoos carved in their forehead you're like okay they're obviously bad and then i in a very broad stroke you know will you know like paint them as these bad people but in a i never give their uh their kind of uh their toxicity power i always make it like something that the players uh th like they're bumbling idiots about it or something or like yes, yes they yes and, uh, so... and then you get to beat up racism and it's fun exactly i was actually having this exact discussion with some of my players earlier today i was introducing a, a new player to the world and um so brand new player or just a new to the group both as it oh, turned no. out yeah oh, it was super difficult. fun yeah mm -hmm. but it was super chill um so exactly what you were talking about there bumbling nazis uh Galva has those. Um, the tutelary sentinels. They are their whole thing is they're super bigoted human supremacists with guns. Um, the thing with them is they have access to advanced tech for some reason. It's one of the sure, like, mysteries of the setting. Exactly. Um, air, airship Nazis. Um, yeah. Oh, fun! Super but, fun genre. Exactly, but bumblingly hilarious to, to to defeat. Like um, their 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 best scientist. Um, no matter what he invents, it's always accidentally a bomb. 
Um, Hell yeah. And, 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 and having, and, okay, so there's these cool things that I've come across called um, uh, uh, truths, right? Which you know that on the whole, but six truths about any one thing makes it real. And so you just write down six truths. So like, you know, they have airships, they have, uh, they have uh, technology that is, they have advanced technology that is flawed. And, uh, and uh, the, their lead scientist only builds bombs on accident. And then if you just keep, if you just do that every time they encounter them, they know these people, they just know them. And you just, all you need are like, start with just two or three. And then as the players interact with them, you'll, you'll be like, oh, that's funny. Or, oh, that's cool. And you'll add a truth. They'll add a truth. They'll tell you something that they saw that you weren't presenting, you write it down. And now you have a whole, you have a whole cult of yep. bad guys that, and all you only have six things written down about them, six sentences. And, and it, exactly. And if you, if you actually do like, you know, write those down or even can you add to that, you then further after that have a potential reference to build new characters from the thing. You just mm -hmm. pick a new trait or two and then like, okay, which one of these are they like? Okay. So you're the airship and racism guy. All right. Um, and, and what's cool about that is you, you, what you're saying is, I think what I'm hearing is go with what works. So like, if you're really having trouble, like wrapping your head around, you know, the, the aristocracy set up, the players are going to have their trouble wrapping their head around that. And as they're playing, they're like, they interact with just a merchant's guild and it nat they naturally design it and you naturally and it feels right well guess what that's this that's the social structure you needed right that's the, mm -hmm. that's the people you needed so what feels right and then you and just go with it and let it build out and then you can take you can take <clears throat> that into other stuff and that kind of leads back to what i said at the beginning another part of how i can't take credit for this whole system at all is because so much of what exists in galabad is that is mm -hmm. during a session you know, well, we have, I speak with so and so. Well, where? At? Well, in this place. Well, okay, the city would have this place. Where is it? Well, it's over here. Oh, well, and then yeah. they, it's what they look it for. Exists. You know, you fill the world with what the because uh, you're you're only one person in the game. You know, yeah. it's you, and you didn't build it to for no. No, they they have to, players have the world in their minds too. Oh, I, my it, camera froze again. Oh, oh mm -hmm. yeah, sorry, you kind of. Pause there for a second. So, yeah, that's okay. It, but to, yeah, to kind of go with what you're saying, like players have that the world in their minds as well. It may not quickly match with yours, mm -hmm. but it will usually be close enough. And in the mm -hmm. places where it isn't, that's where GM adjudication comes in. Oh no, the, the tower is 30 feet tall. Wait, not towers. Sure. We put um, the sandbox and they build yeah. the castles. Yes. And, and in those moments where it's like, oh, no, uh, so. Uh, it is different than that. I have come to do this thing where I say, and here's why. Um, because uh, it would be very easy if it was five foot tall, right? But that's not what it is. It's This is the obstacle, right? And so it is very tall. And I didn't say exactly how tall because I don't know how fast you can freaking climb, dude. Like, I'm going to wait. <laughs> this is the, I, I wanted it to be an obstacle for you. That's a that's actually a very good way of, of doing things is is and, and something I, I sort of subconsciously do to a degree as well of like I won't necessarily set like a hard and fast size limit or whatever a DC mm -hmm. it'll just sort of be a matter of like 
who's making the roll and to them what to what degree is it an obstacle or to what degree do I want it to be an obstacle because like designing a dungeon can be very much like you know design that okay well if this group tackles it in the right way with the rogue disarming the trap the barbarian jumping and pulling the lever this that then you know it'll be fucking piss piece piss but when the barbarian smashes down the door and takes the damage the rogue tries to swim across the pit trap and gets eaten by the alligator so they get to the end of it and they're like half dead mm-hmm and well, it's because because you were scaling damage for the bar you know trying to scale the damage to this barbarian and you were trying what i do what i do is i literally just I, I actually and this is a this is a dm thing i pretend to be the bad guy and like and then i just build it to like you know if, if it's built to prevent people from getting something i'm like yes this is and these were the resources available to me and then i'm like hey guys this is the obstacle i did not create a solution I want you to know that mm-hmm. I don't know if you can get through this. Actually, <laughs> it's not my job. You guys are the ones who wanted to come here, so. And then sometimes you get, you get done to saying that to them and look over, and the rogue is already standing on the other side, twirling the fucking mm-hmm. triggering mechanism around their finger. Yeah, and and um, then that's a cool moment too. Of like, I'm 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 a player in this game too. You know, even <laughs> though you're a GM, but I'm playing the game with you. You know. Like I don't forget about don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not me versus you. Yeah. Um, and so whenever you do that, I, and you think it's cool, and everybody else thinks it's cool, I want. I think it's cool too. Let's make it. Let's make it like you just fucking dusted that. You know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. GM. Yeah. It, 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 to what you were alluding to, yeah, GM and players are playing the same game. Fun fact: on the same side. Um. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, yeah um, and, and at the same table with the same dice, you know. Right. It's it's and it's crazy how many players either don't realize or forget I, that. Where it's very I cool preface, I preface all of my games with, with, "Hey guys, we're playing this game together. I'm playing with you. I'm not your computer, and I refuse to be." <laughs> you know, valid, mm-hmm. freaking valid. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez, it helps out though. You know, I mean, it, it, I find out it, it, it like the there's those like hiccup moments of somebody's not somebody's like I don't get it, I'm not having fun or something. And instead of suffering through because it's this thing that they think, you know, I created this whole castle and there, you know, and that's the story. Uh, I, you know, and I I do it first. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, hold on a second, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, we're just gonna kill everybody in here. Like, that's what. So that's what the story is. Right. Okay. And then and they're and then they feel like, you know, then they start questioning it too, and then and then later on they'll be like, you know, I don't really want to climb into a pit trap and that's you know covered with bar like razor barbs and full of acid, and that, that doesn't seem fun to me. I'm like, oh, cool, no big deal. The thing that's at the bottom of that is now somewhere else. <laughs> don't climb in there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a door somewhere else that's more fun. And right. Yeah. And relevant to whatever is is go is fun for everyone is going to be mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's something that's something that that um, I, I like to be mindful to throw out is like you're rather not to be upset if you throw out some options and the players are like, I don't necessarily think I like any of those, and instead I would like to do this. Like that's that's valid. Like that's go with it. Don't 
struggle with it and just oh. vibe. It'll work out. Yeah. Um, uh, Ethan, you were, uh, I think we're asking, uh, uh, if there's, a this is like kind of natural little spot, uh, would Iko, would you like to join us in, in one of our, uh, uh, what, what are we calling them? Skill challenges, skill checks. Yeah. Or, uh, segments or something. Segments. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. where we kind of change the beat a little bit and yeah. jump in to revitalize everybody. Get us on our toes. Yeah. I think me and Iko could chase each other's tails for hours <laughs> on this. It, it's so strange that, or it's not strange, but I, I feel like seen and represented and heard because you're like, yes, I was just talking to somebody. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> most mm -hmm. people like, I get, I, I, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, you, uh, you're just one of those, um, uh, storytellers and dungeon masters that, the game the same way I do, you know, and that's it's pretty cool to see. Yes, yes, it is. I'd also um, like to remind our chat, um, feel free to ask any questions as well, and we'll try to take those. Um, for our game here, though, uh, I found so what I've been doing for these segments, I've just been like going around and finding, um, like little improv warm up games, just something fun to kind of do and this one is called uh one word at a time story and everyone tells a story together but each person can only say one word at a time the goal is to tell a cohesive story with the beginning middle and end with characters and a clear setting <laughs> but you have to get on the same page as everyone and listen carefully since you can only say one word at a time um so i've never played this before but i thought it sounded neat uh, do we want to decide, uh, you know, like what the story's about and then go for it from there? Or do we just want to start, but just jump into it? Oh yeah. No, the more, the more whose line it is, the better in my book. Yeah. And I also think that it's a good opportunity for, uh, for Evan here. You know, you were saying that, uh, that's one of those practice things that you wanted to do, right? Uh, it's like practice a little bit of, you know, uh, using your words. Uh, to be a little bit more descriptive, so maybe just you know when you want the story to lead somewhere heavy, you just use a, a impactful word, right? Just wait for like one second. Okay. Do we uh, clockwise or counterclockwise? Based off know. of our cameras in the stream here. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll let you guys decide. Uh, clockwise. Okay. <laughs> So I'll I do look. think we do set a like a topic because like even on whose line in it is it anyway they do provide like a, a topic anyways so yeah. we should describe okay uh, so an like... elf cleric so elven a story about an elven, elven cleric elven yeah. cleric. Okay, so uh, I guess we're going clockwise. I'll start, and then it'll be uh, so me, Evan, Justin, and then Iko, and then repeat. Once upon the times 
we found once upon the times we found fruit within solitude Why did it disappear? Ilvan. That's a name. Woefully. Called. I'm sorry, what? Called. Woefully called. The. Moon. Ilvan woefully called the moon. Unfortunately, she didn't hear. Nor care that, or you say cared or cared? Care. Care. Okay. She couldn't surmise. What's that word? Surmise. Surmise, okay. A. The room, Heiko just said, uh, it's 10 feet, <laughs> 10 feet wide. The room's 10 feet by 10 feet. <laughs> she couldn't surmise a, I know this isn't grammatically correct, but omen. And open. Yeah. Just leave it empty. She wept. Ilbun. Like full stop after wept. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The old, good old shortest uh, shortest verse in the Bible. Ran. Into. Isolation. And found darkness. See what 
comforting. Like, mm. Alone. Found darkness alone? Or am I missing a word here? I'm sorry. Comforting. She found Com darkness. Comforting. Period. Like, I'm sure, like, even if I don't feel like I'm going I think. Lot, I should. That's one potential way of running it. <laughs> Oh, so, what do you see? What do you see? I, I mean, uh, yeah, I can just see. I'm comforting alone in the dark, essentially. Um, Something like that. But, but darkness, comforting alone. Oh, these are commas. <laughs> Expanding on an experience. And. First. No, in curse. And like, As in, like, she's cussing. Like, she's, like, trashing herself. Because she's like, I'm so or angry so words, words essentially. And, and cursed. Cursed. Willingness. At the beginning of the sentence. Willingness. Two. B. Succumb. Willingness to be succumb. Yeah. Succumbed. Succumbed. What kind of story are we telling? <laughs> okay. It's, it's sounding very melancholy. We can. We can always um, switch to a new topic. Hold on. Well, I, I kind of want to finish it. I think we're getting close. Willingness to be succumb. Vengeance. Flooded. You said blooded or plotted? Blooded. 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 Yes. Willingness to succumb. Vengeance. Blooded. Gotcha. Gotcha. Vengeance. Vengeance. Flooded. Divine. Mm -hmm. That's a sentence, baby. That's a fucking sentence. <clears throat> Round us out, Evan. Embrace. Yeah. So we have like an elf changing a changing. Um, what do you call it? Changing from good to evil is what it sounds like. Vengeance, flooded, divine. Embrace. The end. 
Perfect. <clears throat> it's ambiguous. Do they kill themselves at the end? Do they turn like full evil? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Your bank statement. I like that. I like that. Here we are laughing and everybody's laughing and then we tell this terrible story. Yeah. <laughs> Which Not bad, just so happens but... to be the main plot for our next little mini-series. Right? No. <laughs> would be pretty sick, yeah. though. Yeah. Where everybody embodies their um, imposter syndrome and darkest fears. <laughs> and you lose. And you just die in the end. There's yeah, And there is no hope. Monica says yeah, that she's uh, <laughs> renaming the segment all of the run-on sentences with a dash of sadness. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shot's fired. She's seen my writing. Ouch. He's like, Justin, this is this is one sentence. Why does it look like a paragraph? I'm like, because it's, you know, it's, there's so much to say. <laughs> He's like, no. You just no. Do you know what punctuation is. <laughs> it's fine. That's fine. fun, though. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it was really fun. Mm. Oh, okay. I, uh, I'm definitely gonna try to be around oh, more often for these because this has been super fun. Um, yeah. You can't just you can't just be a freaking like video game robot for everybody online. Sometimes you gotta like, you know. Next time we just we can just bitch about players if you want. Next time, oh my god, please! Oh my god, please! I got some stories. I've got stories where I was that player though too, and that's why I'm okay with like. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I do have a topic. I would love for to get covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, case because I don't know what time we're at. Yeah, we're already at an hour, so and we kind of talked about lore and the you know Galabad, and I think this concept came later. Correct me if I'm wrong, Iko, but it is kind of a co- a core concept of how the universe works or the. Uh, essentially resetting of the world into the hydroverse the omega arc which yes. ethan has vaguely seen a fraction of its power once and i've tried describing it myself i don't think i could ever do it justice okay um, so it's not, that, it's, mind. Not, it's not that you don't do it justice it's that it happens in that space of somebody trying to catch you up on a series that's been running for like 14 <laughs> years or 20 years or something and so they're like they're like okay so the 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 astral uh uh fanghorn of oh, wait, course well, we gotta go back because we need all right, hold on and then and, and you're just like saying all these keywords that are like have so much context to the person as you're reliving it which is my then there's a person that does this and, oh, I forgot to tell you. And then yeah. there's this. Thing. Oh, and there are no elves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, and because so this guy's so important because, and then, it, and so it's not even that you do a bad job of describing it, but it comes from this like, this space of like you having lived it, and yeah. and it's so um so that's why I'm like okay we 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 gotta wait until we can line this put get our ducks in a row here because I'm just gonna be confused <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. I, uh, I'm willing to take a stab at it. I think, I think I can, I, th- I think. 
if you feel like you can do it justice i I, I want it done justice because of how important it is mainly what i was talking about we talked about a couple months ago and just like Mm -hmm. the actual omega arc itself yes and the time resetting concept yeah so this concept within the setting is so on the grand scale it is um from like a narrative standpoint it to my taste sets or really in my head sets the entire history of the entire setting into a sort of stable time loop Mm -hmm. um and that stable time loop is unnatural shouldn't have happened and is sort of implied to be the underlying cause between behind a lot of like bad things in the universe whatever um I would say to start at the beginning, but I don't think that is possible in this scenario. So to start at the earliest date, mm-hmm. um, in far prehistory, um, there was a uh, meteor that fell from the sky, which was which caused a stir because unlike basically every other meteor that fell, uh, the priests and prophets could not did not like foresee it. It just okay. smashed down. Um, there was uh, you know a, a big investigation a lot of uh you know priests and and such went out there's a campaign a slaves all that jazz exactly found something there is where i usually start to get coy about it but i no point being coy here um they found remains of the omega arc i have no idea what that is yet hasn't been made yet don't worry about it it's metal it's far more advanced than it should be and its salient property is that the gods cannot perceive it so it's so it's a mcguffin it's a you know it's it's a story it's a narrative element yeah designed that is that is a it's a structure it's a, it's a place as well you know yes. and it's and it's it it is uh it wasn't prophesized and it creates stability within like it does other it, worlds well within the, the the world within well uh, well i mean continue where this came from far far in the future eventually mortal life tends towards you know how they say like uh, everything is, is eventually like wants to evolve into a crab more or less um with with um intelligent races that shape becomes a mind flare or illithid um but by the time they evolve to that point, they have like long since like technology and society is like beyond utopian. So like, you know, by the time they've evolved to mind flayer, like people haven't eaten for generations. Instead, you just, you know, go to the machine and have it flood you with psionic energy and you just, you're good. Um, so that's how they came to exist. And they build all these great wonders, these thaumaturge machines that um basically are able to use magic and weave it with natural laws in such a way as to achieve parts greater than the achieve sums greater than the parts break the mechanical continuity that the players have available to them right that yes um and it all happens again at at a point so nebulously far in the future it could it could be a cool thing to role play out at some point i could see setting a campaign there whatever the final most of these machines um, was created when it became apparent that these stars were burning out and all life is like, it's just, there's only the one way out with the express intention of shepherding mortality e- eternally, like keeping everyone safe. 
So it builds the the Omega arc. Um, it being the Thaumaturge Machine Omega constructs the Omega arc. Um, Thaumaturge Machine Omega is like it, it also not even a MacGuffin because it's also a character in a way, and it's a big bad greater in a, in a way greater even than the individual gods, but not greater than all of the gods. Like a weird sentience of. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, yeah, a machine god, basically. Um, and it made the Omega Arc to be unperceivable by the gods, and with it and the remaining shreds of mortality, um, e.g. all the mind flayers in the universe, is just adrift at the end of time when all that is left, stars have burnt out, all that is left are the starving gods who eventually mm. hack their way into bumping into it by basically literally all of them working together and making all points in time and space that aren't it not be where they are. Weird god shit. And There's cool a clash. sci-fi stuff cool added sci-fi into, stuff. into the fantasy scene, which it, I like. Exactly. There's a clash. During it, time itself is fractured. The Omega Arc is torn asunder, sent through t- space and time. So this is a wreckage. This and part an of it incomplete version. Ah, I love that. A fragment of it comes smashing down this world. What makes this world special is the fragment that crashed down on it contains most of the Thaumaturge Machine Omega itself. Just, I mean, damaged beyond, you know, comprehension. But it's a god. It's more than a god. It can be remade. It just needs time and mm-hmm. like, it, yeah. So that's that and that's also where mind flayers come from and how they are also from the past and the future and neither and both just like in regular D lore but for different reasons that's um oh there we go i understand the omega arc now <laughs> the first thing being it's incomprehensible in its entirety because it needs to be yes it is a it is an element of mystery purposefully and the any discovery made of it is is fitting and purposeful and and it's also i I love that if i'm understanding this it is outside of the you know like what we traditionally know when we read about our like traditional tabletop RPGs of you know the gods and the divine and the natural laws of things and the arcane and the weave, <clears throat> these like kind of laws that have that are made around the players, this is kind of like uh, this is kind of like saying hey, you forgot to play pretend. You guys are you guys are. You guys told like we played a game last week and all you said were basically numbers to me and the names of the abilities you were using and you didn't tell me how like you didn't tell me about like how you were going to try to jump over the thing and let me say hey you know i'd like you to roll in acrobatics or wow that's so cool you don't need to so it's like it's almost like a boom remember this is mysterious and this is magical and this is beyond all of those things 100 percent Okay, so I do understand it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. that's very much its intent. And also, I mean, I, I say and also, it has it's so much. It's something else I enjoy doing with it is um, Inevitables, the the, the monsters. Um, Ooh, cool. Maroots, specifically, originate from the Thaumaturge machine. And their whole thing in 
Cambodian lore, what have you, is that they are explicitly and strictly there to make sure that no divine corruption makes its way into the minds of any people in the Ark. So basically, their whole job is to recognize divine spellcasters and obliterate them on the spot, which is so, fine oh, until one gets yeah. lost a few thousand years in the past and is Ooh. just like, hi, this is a theocracy. <laughs> And you suddenly got a, got a problem on your hands. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's another another thing that one of that my players found in, found in the past is a an ancient, um, oh my god, uh, uh, ancient Regenian, which ancient Regenian is like the for it's it's the the civilization that was there that saw the meteor fall from the sky and so they found an ancient ancient facility of theirs that sole purpose was to keep in stasis a Marut that had uh, been found in the wreckage. Nice. And so, like, it was it was two layers of you're finding this ancient, like, truly ancient, advanced civilization in the Reginians, which are, like, you know, ancient Babylon, Egypt, magic, like, beyond Atlantis. Atlantis-style yeah. shit. And then you get to the middle of it, and there's straight up an alien robot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so it's also about, like, subverting expectation. Mm -hmm. I remember know. that robot. I, it sounds like you would mm. if you had the entire time only been fighting demons and angels and shit like that, and then now there's an alien robot in your fantasy world. It would be very impactful. And arguably, it's the thing that belongs there the most. Mm -hmm. The oldest of all things, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really that's really awesome. And um, so the, it's a mysterious kind of element of the world. You obviously have played with this a lot i can tell uh that you, you this is where you put a lot of your creative energy into um and with these creatures and times and places it's almost like your your love letter of like um what i'm hearing is like this love letter of being like and it's always been here though because it may be the moment when you were 11 and it's it was there you know and so, one of the one of our very first adventures. We didn't know it was called the Omega Arc at the time, mm -hmm. but one of our very first adventures was in a crazy metal tower with or a, a fragment of a crazy metal tower with crazy mm -hmm. advanced futuristic stuff in it. And I, it, I I don't remember the exact time, but I remember at some point in my teens having this sort of epiphany of like, oh That's my future. in God. That's what that is of like finally connecting all these relationships. Hmm. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually have a storyline that uh, I've been on the back burner that I've been working out, and um, I, it's kind of that same idea of this like mysterious ancient civilization that, or whatever, and it, it, it lines up pretty pretty tightly, and I now know enough, I believe, to have a, a coin a button a single a power whatever it is you know a fragment of that of 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 the omega arc be the MacGuffin, be the driving narrative and like you know and to to tie in that mystery and stuff and it's, it's too easy you know like that's really that's really cool i absolutely love that about and uh, to sell, to, sorry, you got me. You got me going to sell the Omega Arc as this like big crazy thing, as a late game, late game MacGuffin. Finding a tiny fragment of it 
is something that should be powerful enough to grant a wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to tell you about the story too. At, I want uh, to hear it. Yeah, it's it's uh, well, yeah, it's 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 honestly, it's. <laughs> you ever see the Mario Brothers movie? Which one? <laughs> the 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 eighties or the new one? Uh, the nineties one. Nineties one. Okay. Yeah. God, okay. Yes. Uh-huh. With John Leguizamo. It's, it's been a long time, but mm-hmm. but yes. Yeah. So that that's one of the that's one of that's I stole something from that film Love that. and made it cool because I thought it was cool and it wasn't and, mm. and when I became older and I was like no 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 it it has to be as cool as what I thought it was when I was a kid so I'm gonna make it that way um I've had that exact experience like man that's such a cool idea you ruined it though yeah yeah or when you go you thought it was you know and everybody else is like you're like oh yeah the Mario Brothers movie that's great and everybody turns to you and is like Haha, ha, Justin. Yeah, it was so good, and like you realize how bad it was from everybody else telling you, and then you're like, "Oh shit, I'm not remembering no. this right." Uh, Have you something... utilized nope. uh, illithids in games? Yes. Um... Never. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. They're fun, of, right? I kind of like them. Um, well, that's the whole Omega arc is from right. yeah. It's like right. well, like, I mean, what, what just because be. that is, it doesn't necessarily mean that any that have appeared in the world. And I that's don't. And, and and despite my my enthusiasm, <laughs> yes, I don't actually use them a lot because they are straight up space aliens to this setting. The one that the ones that are here are still in stasis in the arc. Most of them. Um, the only ones I've used in recent memory. Well, so. When one showed up, like the, the last campaign, or campaign before last, it was a couple back, basically centered around a single mind flayer crash landing on the planet. A uh, mind flayer would amount to a war criminal named Chechagact, because I intentionally name uh, mind flayers without vowels in their names. Oh, cool. Because um, so, the beat clicking? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and they basically, um, their whole thing was, you know, they... they Alongside another alien who basically was like dogfighting them, the 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 gif, hmm. um, the gif still exist and more or less from the same place. They they were, Uh-oh. well, so after they back in time, the Illithids made an empire. So there's like the Illithid space empire with squid ships and shit out there from fragments that crash landed all over hmm. the galaxy. Like they exist as remote space aliens, and the gif hate them because of that whole thing. So hippopotamus like and its third, not not the, not oh, the, oh, the, oh, not the, the gif. Not the GIF. The gift yeah. Yankee. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's because they don't have noses, and there yes. can only be one space alien race without noses. Exactly. I think is like the real driving narrative there. Precisely. Precisely. Green, green alien hate purple alien. This is a universal fact. Hmm. Um, but so basically, the the NPC quest giver and the big bad dogfight crash land on this backward rock. The tutelary sentinels find them both. And when you know it, the Mind Flayer is able to convince them, I'm perfectly harmless, that thing is fucking dangerous, and you should get rid of it. Um, and fortunately, the player characters happened to be, you know, breaking into the base at that time and freed the, the, the Gith. Um, but, you know, the Mind Flayer had already convinced them, oh, you should take me elsewhere and study me, and was at that time already mind-slaving one of the remaining tutelary sentinel bases to be its 
freaking puppets. And by the time the party got to actually encounter it in the flesh for the first time, it had already turned itself into an elder brain in the, mm. you oh, know, far wonderful. recesses below. And that was the final encounter of the of the whole thing was. Do you, whenever nice. you do this, like, when you do the elder brain thing, mm -hmm. um, do you, like, pull, like, classic, like, Ripley Scott, Xenomorph kind of, or do you stick more to what, like, what, like, the Wizards of the Coast kind of has written about it and stuff? In terms of, like, lore or in terms of, like, gameplay? Define well, like, yeah, Ripley okay, Scott. so, well, it's, it's, like, it's basically, like, the Xenomorph style, right? Where the Elder Brain, there's little tadpoles, and they all fight, and then you drop the tadpole, and then, then if you're worthy, and then it'll, you become, uh, uh humanoids become illithid. Yes. And then everything else becomes something else that's terrifying, right? Yes, I do run them, I do run them more or less that way. Well, it's my opinion, it's sort of similar to how base indie lore is with three mm -hmm. and all that um yes but again with the caveat that they had evolved at a point where there was such technology that they could just go to a machine and be like hey i'm i'm full of tadpoles can you make some more me's <laughs> thank you and leave oh um, so kind of so what we see from the lore, <coughs> kind of like, um, it's kind of like a, uh, 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 that story of you start out in, uh, like high, super high tech in cryo space, the ship breaks apart, you crash land on a primitive planet, and a lot of your technologies are going away, but you still have all the knowledges of how to do it. So when the elder brain is sitting inside a, you know, like, uh, some sort of like stone, bowl it's because that's what the that's the resources and tools available be in this on this setting. back on this backwater rock yeah there's hey, probably hey, cool 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 bits I like that. here and there and and of like, like whatever tech they crash with and sure. yeah usually most mind flayers that are run into are mind flayers of necessity they they don't like becoming them or having to become them because again usually thinking really big was a job they would just divert to the thaumaturge machine omega and be like hey here's this thought could you oh thanks cool here's the answer um so just chat gpt okay cool cool basically yeah <laughs> um a a honestly yeah um yeah. but in the absence of that then they you know sort of need have evolved to need yeah chat gpt mm-hmm which then, um i guess uh, uh is, is this social am i social commentary um <laughs> well i so mean I guess, no, uh, we, we, kind of it's just, but it's just tale as old as time baby right you know so i guess the uh like original thought behind the question was that uh so the main villains that i used for my campaign are all just reskin star spawn because i always liked uh they were the foul spawn in the neverwinter game so I guess that was 4E, and then 5E they switched to Star Spawn or something like that. But I've always liked those monsters, so I use them as like the main villains, the bad guys. Um, and the way that I see that, like the fire that consumes them and like mutates them and changes them, uh, the way I have that imagine in my mind is it's only perceived as blue fire but the magic itself is actually just altering reality and not necessarily fire um 
and that's what the that's what the big bad uses as their power you know they they alter reality of the person um in front of them and that's how they mutate into these monstrosities that's um but i was asking interesting but that's i was asking like about the omega arc don't it? i was asking about the illithid though because um there have been ideas um in an underdark concept to where there's a university where there is an instructor that is an illithid that knows how to harness the blue flame. Um, so I was kind of curious, you know, to see, you know, are illithids extremely scarce? You know, what I oh. really want to go about this or what I want them to, to hide their identity if I did end up going that route. Um, 100%. Oh, I love it as a character. I think everything you described about him fits perfectly. It's the um, sympathizer. Could be, um, it, you know, it's like the or you know the sympathizer who's <clears> like, uh, yeah, I I used to, I, yeah, for like a thousand years I would just eat your guys' brains, but then like I learned to love your culture and I right. realized maybe I was wrong. What I'll usually do in that situation is um, have them like, so a thing that I I personally like is that what they need is the psionic energy to live, and that's why you know at, at home they could just flood themselves with psionic energy to be done with it they're so starved that they basically need like they're they're whenever a, a mind player eats your mind it's basically about to starve to death if it doesn't so it's driven mad would, all but with hunger what they would prefer to do or well, some of them would prefer to do and some of them can do if they control themselves is subsist on the psychic waste of other creatures and just like be anemic and siphoning off their their things and that kind of adds you know could be another whole dimension of the character of like they seem perhaps a little elderly or whatever but they aren't because their bodies don't age like that or just know. they're just malnourished they're exactly and what's <laughs> so it's it's the story of the vampire who refuses to drink blood <laughs> you know and that's yeah it, it, and, and then and, the, and you know and then the the it's like oh and then the naive uh antagonist or a protagonist is like accidentally gets cut you know while they're trying to save him and it's like oh no can i control myself and you know it's that that's that's a very uh ethan i love that character especially Ty alucard Blood. right alucard doesn't drink human blood right yeah. uh yeah i'm thinking the thing here and it, it's that it's that that it's a character trope that is very fitting into this extremely insane wild imagination space that Ico has created that is so hard that that uh you you have a hard time explaining it to us like it's so big in your own head you're like and you know here's just a piece of it <laughs> that I'm going to play with kind of thing you know it's so big right and so but the but the, that trope fits right in. There it is. It it gives it gives a space for it. it and I, it allows it to exist, and it's cool. I love I'm, and I want to I want to actually go back to the blue fire and and the, the outsider and the star spawn and all that because that that sort of touches on another sort of cosmic thing that I play with in my campaigns, which is the concept of the of the blue veil, um, which is the edge of reality. It is everything within that is the game. And whatever is outside of that is not the game. But it's never used in those words. It's really beyond the blue veil. And when I say not the game, I mean specifically... So there's often implied to be something like an elder, eldritch, aberrant something out there. That the more I have expressed it personally, takes the form of like a beholder type thing. Because I 
identify with beholders and am subtly implying it to be myself or whatever form the dm you're getting a little meta with it absolutely and i love to mm -hmm. um but just the concept of because again the blue veil is not blue it's just that's the the low end of color concept that it sort of appears to in the human psyche and i just I, I I love I love that 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 it's 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 so very similar to the point where like I'm not gonna say it's the same thing but like you know to a player like you know if, if they if they were like dealing with both and with you know as as loose and sort of cosmic as these themes feel that it feels a very natural through line that just has evolved naturally in two places. Super cool for sure. All right, so I'm gonna get really nerdy and. Um basically what you've created in the game is Kant's transcendental idealism on his there you know of reality there there's the reality we can't that we there's the reality uh that exists right um beyond all perception doesn't matter if you perceive it or not it is it just is then there's the reality that we perceive and in my head and then there's a the reality that you perceive in your head and those are and where the in that venn diagram of where they cross and that mm -hmm. venn diagram sits within something that doesn't need us to know it to be to exist and uh yeah you <clears throat> yeah that you have created Kant's transcendental idealism in a meta dance through tabletop rpg mm -hmm. um and that's amazing i love that I don't know if if you if you knew what you were doing when you nope. did it, but you had you basically did like a, a super fun philosophical journey. I'm glad that this this was the tool that did that for you. If you it, it, it's, it's it's such a cool fucking tool for it because like it, it it's absolutely a lot of a lot of like things natural, that I, right? Yeah, it just naturally like this is the story that evolves, and I like back I'm like oops, wait, that's really fucking resonating. Hold up. Yeah. Um, uh, if if you just you know read like the cliff note on it or something, uh, you're gonna be like, oh shit, <laughs> somebody yes. did somebody did this already, um, oh. and it's cool. It's a cool kind of thing. It's cool a little revelation. Love it. Yeah. One of my other favorite things about the Omega Arc is with the whole reality concept is the Hydraverse thing, which has allowed us to make another universe essentially. Both yeah. without just plopping a continent on top of the same planet, right? And that's Yin Su that we made. Love that, yeah. Because who's to say what's going to happen if you, you know, deck reality in the jaw at the right angle? Like, mm -hmm. well, in in Numestria at the same time, right? Has like this whole letting it be, letting multiple people create in this space, and mm. not and not stepping on toes, but rather. Yes. And not having to be like, no, 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 wait, a, like when you first played your game. No, 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 that's not how it goes. Hold on a second. And instead of being like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then you being like, so the blue veil, that's very similar. If you would like, you know, there here are these cool ties that we're all playing with. And instead of it being like, well, actually, I know you put up several illithid, but, right. you know, that's not, that doesn't that, fit the continuity. And that's never fun as a DM to say no, but, or no, this, it, I, I mean, it's yes. And like, exactly. Sometimes yes, but, but more often yes, because, and then hidden in the because is a smaller, sexier, but. <laughs> Small, sexy butts. Is that what's in right now? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, dump trucks are out. Oh. You heard it here first, guys. Black bottom girls. Oh. <laughs> You're back. Or, or like a thing that contextualizes it in a way you're more comfortable with. Is the oh, you weren't. I wasn't being. About... I wasn't being literal. Oh, I'm sorry. you were. I'm, I'm very oh, rarely being literal about sexy butts. I'm sorry. I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, my bad. My bad. No, my bad. no. Where though, I don't have a, a specific example off my head, but like it's very clear the player is passionate about pursuing some idea that's perhaps contradictory a little bit to what you want, but you still want to work with them. So like kind of working to be like, okay, I'm cool with that with the context added context of maybe like this. Well, um, I mean, Im imagine this too. You, you, you've created this world. You want to share it. You cannot run a game for everybody you want to share it with. And all the people you have shared it with want to obviously share it with other people. Like, 100%. yeah, Evan was like, so excited. This is like such a large part, uh, you know, you've expressed to me about like, you guys have to, you guys have to check this place out. It's so cool. And there's no way to be able to do that without it. Well, without doing what we have done or you have done and is being like, play, pick your pockets. Yeah. Let it be, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, like you create, like you went on a philosophical journey of like, uh, uh, like a fundamental ideology of reality. And some people just like making cool dungeons with treasure in them. <laughs> so there's, you know, the creation spaces are very different for, for the different storytellers, right? Yeah. And if, if I'm not, if I'm understanding it, the Hydraverse is just like, you know, allow being little pockets and bubbles and. Yeah, basically, the, the as I understand it, the, the the various sort of like splinters or yeah, yeah, bubbles of what exists at this weird culmination, end of time, breaking. Mm -hmm. You know, any any weird word you can use to describe time that you normally shouldn't, time and space that you normally shouldn't. You know. mm -hmm. and, well, I want a city full of vampires, and I've like I've been thinking about it for a year. Uh, but uh, but this continent is already built and there's all this lore I really you know that we've all you know that has been shared amongst us all as we talk and get excited so I'd like to use some of your ideas and I'd like to use some of your ideas and it's and it's cool because it's like it, that's the thing and if you like it you could be like hey man my players are going to mm -hmm. the a city full of vampires because in a awesome. world ravaged by vampires <laughs> yeah and it's like cool have it you know, you can have it. And if it's like some impactful stuff happens that you thought was cool, bring it back to me and I'll take what works for me and you can take what works for you and lead it into each other's versions or our versions of reality as as mm -hmm. we see fit. Yeah, 100 percent. The the tower, um, the little champion or little uh, the, the champion's tower in the uh, the mm -hmm. divine waste um, like that's so very much something I had not thought of. And then, like, you guys describe it, and like, okay, I'm not going to make it, like, a huge point. I'm not going to put it on any maps that I give my players or anything, because no one's discovered it yet. But it's there. And as he told you the story, as you watched it, you're, you're like, oh, cool, I like that. Or you or you come across something, he's like, hmm, how would I, you know, how much, like, how much work would it take to incorporate that? And I, once you, there's a, there's a, a point of depreciating return right where it's like uh, that's too you know it's it's too much for me to to work that into a game that would be fun for everybody so you you say okay well don't take that right 
I remember Evan, uh, I remember that specific moment actually, whenever I was like trying to combine these maps and stuff, and Evan was like, can you take the tower out? Or make a copy of with without the tower? I was like, uh, yeah. Why not? I felt I felt bad for asking because it one hundred percent wasn't a matter of like I want to minimize. No, that. no. It's... As soon as he was like, yeah, uh, Ico isn't wanting it in yet because the players haven't discovered. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's too easy to get rid of it as well. Oh, yeah. But I just remember like specifically uh, that moment as well. So <clears throat> I think after breaking it down on. I spent a, a little, a decent amount of time going through the Galabad and a page, um, the timeline, and... Uh, the fact that you can read that timeline without vomiting is... Yeah, <laughs> I broke it down to even make sure that the tower didn't show up until after that campaign that you... Well, that I ended up joining later, uh, I believe is the campaign we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, uh, Baldi's bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, I, I made sure that it actually happens a few years later. I don't remember Love the specifics. That. I think it's like five to seven years later. But appreciate the hell out of that. Ah, that's so cool. It's, yeah, just so cool to be able to share these. Like, oh, here's this really cool story element, and like, you know, loosely, here's how I ran it. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Here's <sighs> what happened. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Here's what I couldn't make sense of, and it seems like the players couldn't either. It's like it's really cool that it's like, hey, I play tested this whole thing. If you'd like to use it too, you exactly. Know? Oh, it's so yeah. cool. Pretty what? simple hero's journey, dungeon crawl. Mm -hmm. That's a. I, I just did a hero's simple hero's journey, and I because and I loved it. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude! I just ran one. I was like, that's perfect. I know all my. They even points. got to be in the presence of two deities at the end i mean if they're omniscient and omnipresent aren't we always uh, in their presence it was just a very good roll on a d100 that made it happen but... oh no <laughs> i remember okay uh uh, uh well uh do you want to tell that story yeah uh, so as when laverne was you know finally like he came clean with like Hey, this is what the tower is. You know, you guys are here. You made it to the top, and this is the final like offer. This is the deal. The gods are doing god things, and too much, like what do you call it? World-defining crap is happening. I.e., sentinels being sentinels, and you know, we need some guardians of you know the Avengers of Galabad, essentially, for lack of better words, to protect. Uh, are protect who watches planet. the watchman who watches the watchman and right it's, and it's you by the way um, you made it all the way to the top congratulations and some of them I some of them chose that that final boon and some of them didn't but uh part of it uh, uh sorry virgil the uh pride uh, sin pride or sin of pride rather one of cold shadows generals who is on Galabad, um, what do you call it, where a demon or a devil goes into a possessing. human, possessing, possessing a half-elf paladin this whole time. Um, basically, his mission is to 
he he blends in by killing evil people because he knows their souls are going down to hell to feed more power to the cold shadow. That's his like main character concept. We love but, that. But uh, he he like I can't remember exactly what he said or what he he like made a prayer to uh, cold shadow of like should I accept this essentially like is this okay? And then she's like. <laughs> You know, she shows up and like in front of Laverne and he's like, uh, excuse me. And then Etma shows up and they're face to face and kind of debated about like, you're not taking my general, but you, he can, he can protect the, the mortal realm, but his, you know, mission to me, comes first kind of concept. And, mm. uh, they didn't fight because I didn't want to destroy the planet. So match match evan yeah. i love about your storytelling in particular is these huge moments between real people right that have motives and that and understandings and they have they have flaws but they they are they they are bestowed with power so they're godlike or gods or whatever you want to call them larger than life mm -hmm. but in those moments like that narrative you had between them you took the time to to have them be relatable and understandable and to to allow the players to know what was happening in front of them and to and to feel like maybe it's not the decision they would make or their character would make but it is a but it is a relatable and understandable thing that a that a person would make you give your you gave your gods these like they're just people you know and that was very you know that's such a cool thing that i can't do and that's you should you know that's like one of your that's one of your core strengths right there what comes thanks to powerful powerful skill yeah it's it, you know it's hard like i've been trying to develop it it's difficult for me so i just do other shit instead <laughs> and like you know and 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 yeah the way you do it is so natural and wrapped and like your whole story revolves around that moment, which is neat, of the players getting to meet the people or the personalities or like just, you know, and understand like the regular emotions that they have, you know, that, you know, that's the same as, as, as what they, you know, just a regular person that you might have had Thursday makes them real. Speaking of which, that, that reminds me, the last few levels, each one, each each uh, thing was level 16 through 20, or sorry, it'd be 15 through 19. Each and player, I got with each player, and like, what is your character's greatest fear? And so each of those floors, like, you know, floor 16 of the tower was conquering... Uh, you know, Katsumoto's fear, uh, you know, layer 17 was cap, uh, uh, conquering. It was like an alternate reality, you know, on this floor of 
you know, whatever their fear was, and they had to like beat it for the all the players to go to the next floor. Mm-hmm. You, I, you know, I've got that. a question for you. Did you mm-hmm. uh, did you talk with them about how comfortable they would be facing fears and stuff like that, like presenting it to them and? Or did you um, just like, hey, what's your favorite fear? Okay, thanks. Bye. No, no, it was their player, like their characters. Their characters here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not not their greatest. <laughs> I mean, put your greatest well, fear. Right? Well, <laughs> I mean, like that. you asked my character's greatest fear. I'm, you know, I'm gonna probably tell you. I'm probably gonna give that character a fear that I understand at least in at least through having been close to somebody else or myself you know to make it real right um mm-hmm. and it, speaking of which that ended up being one of the reasons why one of the characters uh turned it down this character you know uh was a the, the concept of the character was a soul during genesis when all of our elves were being created again his soul was snagged by the a queen on the plane of earth and essentially enslaved him and he was sent here to figure out what power could lie in this tower um you know still enslaved to her and ended up creating an embassy to trade materials from the plane of earth to um the crystals that were found within the uh bodies of these creatures in the tower because they were like regenerating like real but not real creatures created by laverne but anyways uh, a little off topic so he gets to the end he conquers his fear and ends up deciding i'm done being the plaything for these you know demigod god beings no i turned down this offer and strip all of my boons you know strip away the power you've granted me like i'm done with this and he goes back to the plane of earth to just be normal continue to be a normal servant i uh, never got his soul back i had that moment with my uh with my players one time they were i had this i had a particular player who was like very rules bound you know and uh I was just like, I finally was like, um, I took his character, like we were all, we were all over video, but I took his character sheet away and I took his dice away from him and I took all his books away from him and I took his pencils away from him. I took his mini and I took it off the board and I rolled up the map and I set it down and I say, and I was like, this is the land of imagination. What do you do? Um, and then he started to say something. I was like, if you say the name of a fucking spell. I will, I will physically slap you. <laughs> what happens? You are the master. You know, he's a wizard. You're the master of these these elements. You are, you control them as they, you know. And like, what, how, you know, your friends are in front of you and need your help. Those numbers aren't what saves them. It's you and your control over this thing. How do you do this? And because of that, all the other players got excited too. And I like I had a McGuffin open up. It was actually the Blue Flame. You know they had uh, it was like a little McGuffin Blue Flame. Somebody had a was still tainted by it in their little heart. And uh, 
it, it kind of started to do the thing. They all got God powers. You do whatever you want. One player, when I asked him, I, you know, everybody went through and he was the last player. I said, what do you do? And he says, in this moment, and he kind of went, he walked through the scenario and he had kind of failed at every step. And he's like, I feel completely helpless and there's nothing that I can do because that's how the character feels in this moment. He chose not to take it, you know, and made it narrative. And that was a very, I was like, oh, cool. That's another, you know, another very interesting thing whenever you have like full control. Um, I've, I've seen, so basically what I'm saying is I've seen that happen at the table too. And it's very impactful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's Especially in those really moments good. where it is like down to the purely narrative, like strip phys physically stripping away stuff like that. And like, no, like what matters now is the story. You know, we'll play that. Yeah, like let's play pretend for a second. Hold on. We've, you know, you're, you're, I don't want like the, the characters, it was perilous and one of them was rolling death saving throws. And I was like, okay, wow. you're not going to die because of the numbers. If you die, it's because you guys felt narratively that this is what happens in this moment, you know, that, you know, what, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I created a scenario and now your character died and you obviously don't want to. You're right. Let's take the, let's, let's take those things away then and just stick in this moment of, which is impactful for a character, like if a, a character for the very first time, um, yeah, sees that. So. All right. Well, guys, uh, it looks like we're about getting to the end here. Yeah. If anybody has any uh, closing comments other than um, thank you for joining us tonight, Ico. We uh, greatly appreciate it. And, of course, you're always welcome to join. You know, we try to do this every Friday night, so... If you're ever available and want to jump in, uh, please do. Heck yeah. I uh, definitely hope to uh, <clears throat> to be by more often. It was Light a blast. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know how much um, uh, incentivizing and or uh, 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 reaching out you need, but uh, you're, you know, the largest bulk of the world that we're playing in is, you know, contributed by you so you need to be here with us because you're wonderful and insightful and have a lot to offer and you know the, the you can't hide that away that's selfish and i i don't think you're a selfish person i, I don't think that you would willingly uh, uh keep that from people you're far too kind I'll uh, I'll definitely be back again pretty freaking soon. Awesome. Evan? Be safe, friends. All 